Hello and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Siobhan Hughes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. Uh, before we get going here, uh, just about an hour or so ago, I watched uh, NXT UK and uh, Mako Satamura defend her NXT UK Women's Championship against uh, a wrestler I'd never seen before. Her name is Steve Turner. The match was okay. It was nothing special. I didn't think much of Stevie. I think she did a lot of work. Uh, so I, you know, uh, I probably won't post the video on my blog. I don't know if I'll post it. But, uh, you know, uh, Mako won the match, and that's, I guess, the bottom line. Uh, I didn't think much of Stevie's offense. Let's put it that way. Okay, are you ready to get going here, Sean? Yes, sir. Okay, so uh, UFC was off this past Saturday, so we're first going to talk about matches from uh, last week. Okay, so uh, at that show there, we had three women's matches, and the first one we had uh, Tisha Torres beat uh, Angela Hill by unanimous decision, and that's Strawway, of course. So Schwan, uh, Tisha first beat... Uh, Angela in 2015. It just seems to me this was the same match. I didn't see a whole lot of difference here. And I guess the bottom line on it is this. I don't think either of them are really any better than they were back then, except that Tisha's a lot quicker than, a lot quicker than Angela, and that's the reason she won, won the fight. Angela Basically, still isn't any good. She has for me anyway. Yeah, my my biggest question with Tisha Torres, and I, I've said this before, it's the same thing I had with um, Lauren Murphy. Tisha Torres's win streak or her wins have been coming over girls who are inexperienced and really underdeveloped. So e- even as limited as Tisha Torres is, the fact of the matter is she's, in many cases, the best athlete these girls. She's faced much better opposition, and she's more experienced than these girls. So there's a lot of think there's a lot of advantages she has over them within the context of a fight that allows her to look a lot better than she actually is. Um, I'm not going to say Torres is a bad fighter. I just when I see her fight, it's essentially the same girl I've seen for the past five six volume, a lot of movement, a lot of taekwondo, uh, traditional karate type striking combinations and takedowns. That's that's always been her game you and out hustle you not really to submit you not really to physically control you not really really to hurt you on the feet there a lot of volume there a lot of variety fight a high pace and take you down essentially what she did against hill she used to take downs to make hill gun shy and then she just outworked hill on the feet because she's a half step faster than hill and about two steps quick with, with her footwork in regards to hill go ahead go ahead shouldn't they both be better than they are um the- should be, but as we've stated with women's mixed martial arts, and I've, I've been talking to a lot of coaches like about this and a lot of analysts, a lot of the women, if you take out, out the top seven, a lot of them really aren't high-level athletes. A lot of them aren't really, don't have combat sports backgrounds. So you don't have to be that good to maintain your position for an extended period of time in women's mixed martial arts. In men's, you have to, but in women's, Marion Renault was still considered like a top seven fighter, top 10-something fighter. And she had lost what three fights in a row? How is that possible? So they really Tisha, Tisha says she wants 
to fight somebody in the top five. So I looked up to see who was actually in the top five. And there's actually somebody there. That should be. That's Marina Rodriguez. Yeah, that would be, that'd be good. I wouldn't I wouldn't guarantee her to beat her. I'd say there's a 50-50 chance. I'm not going to say Tisha's a clear favorite because Tisha's not a finisher. She hasn't finished anybody, even by accident, not really. And she's had a she the girls she's beaten have had such egregious holes in their skill set that once she puts them in a certain spot, they don't know what to do. Rodriguez is limited. This is limited in depth of skill. She's got skills in multiple areas. So every area Tisha Tora attacks her in, she can challenge her in. Those other girls had areas and skills in one area, and Torres could just go to the third or go to two other areas and dominate them. That's not gonna happen with Rodriguez. Uh, the one thing I want to talk about Angela Hill, I found her wrestling to be a little bit better. The only difference is this is a change or an adjustment she should have made years ago because Angela's always yeah. been one of the she's always been one of the more stronger, more physical girls. I have no idea what career instead of working on exploiting girls in the clinch and getting takedowns, she's insisting on these open stance, open cage exchanges, which she's never at when Facebook. Well, she says she has a big problem with quote hugging. I, I and you, I usually, I usually would understand that, but the fact of the matter is I usually understand when it's a fighter who's dominant on the feet. Angela Hill, I don't know really one fight where she's just clearly outclassed him on the feet from beginning to end. She's o- always been in fight. That's part of why she, she keeps getting used. Comparatively to most women's mixed martial arts, she's usually in competitive, exciting fights because she's not hard to hit. If she was super slick and super dynamic, I'd give her that. But she's not. She's none of those things. And, and her best work in recent wins have been when she can push someone back and get in the clinch and punish them. So that's just a version of hugging. It's hugging with strikes, but it's still hugging. Yeah. Man, listen, here's the deal. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we did this fight. Maybe it's time for Angela to retire to the broadcasters. Okay? Because you know what? She can still make a good living in the in, in MMA business as a broadcaster and she ain't getting punched in the face. Okay. Yeah, well, she's always been a person who had star potential. She's actually witty. She's very clever. She's good looking. She has a presence about her, but she's never been able to put enough wins together for the UFC to really ever back her. But you put it in Schwan, 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 it isn't that. She last fought Tisha Turns in 2015. Mm-hmm. This was like a replay of that. I understand. I understand that. But I, I've seen fighters who aren't good fighters put together four or five fight win streaks. Angela Hill's never really done that. So they can't no, ever. She can only her. beat. She could only beat fighters who are worse than her. I have no. I understand that. I'm just saying if she could have ever done that, she was built to be a star. So her going behind the desk will work. She's intelligent. She has history. She's fought most of the girls who are in the top. And she knows how to express herself very, very well. She She's made to be an analyst, and I hope she really explores that. I'm not going to tell her to retire. That's not my job to do. But she does have a future no, behind no, her. No, no, she – listen, it's an easier job at this point, right? Why would you continue to get punched in the face when you can talk about it and get paid? To, 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 be, to be quite honest, most fighters are making less than analysts, so I don't understand why any – rather than just talk about it, if we're being honest. Yes, I, I guess. Okay, so fight number two – we had Jessica Penne beat Karolina Kowalkiewicz with an armbar. And I guess the big question here is, what in the hell was Karolina doing jumping into her damn guard? Explain that to me. 
Uh, to be honest, I, I don't really know what she's doing. I'm not shocked by this because Carolina has never been. A, she's not a high IQ fighter naturally, and her team aren't high IQ in how they train her and the, the p- points of emphasis in her game. They really have built her as a fighter who's this physical dynamo, and she's not. She's a slightly above average fighter who's got a good chin, who's got a big heart and fights at a high pace. She doesn't fight a very high IQ style on the feet or on the ground. No so kidding. Basically what the Jessica, hell was she doing, man? Jessica just took advantage of veteran fighting like a rookie. She should have stayed on her feet, made Jessica get back up and either works for a cleaner takedown or just beat her up on the feet. For, the, for some reason, she decided to engage her on the ground and give her an opportunity to turn the fight. Um, I don't know. So, so here's another fighter that probably needs the packing. The worst, okay. the worst Carolina is she didn't have to be this bad. She's tough. She's well-conditioned. She's physical. All you had to do was build off that baseline of skills and approach she had, and her team never did it. They just let her go on doing fighting in this manner that she was not equipped to fight in. They had her fighting like she's a, like I said, a Jessica Andrade, and she's not. She's never been that fighter. And as a result, she's taken wow. these and her career has fallen off the cliff because she lacks the her, skills. Her, her whole career in the UFC is based on one big win she had a long time ago over Rose Namahunas. And if she had lost that fight, she'd have been released long ago. Yeah, but the fact is she did win that fight, and she had tools to work with, and her team dropped the ball. They could have directed her in a manner that could have got her where she's still a consistent. Based off of the fact that she's willing to exchange and she can fight at a pace. It they they drop the ball on her, and she and her 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 quality of life is the price for that. All right, and I mean Jessica. I mean, I don't know what to say. Jessica she Benet- got lucky. Yeah, she's not. She I got mean, lucky. She, she's had two fights against fight against fighters who had the tools to beat her in a certain fight, and both fighters gave up those tools to fight fight possible and as a result she's on a two-fight win streak the problem with jessica panay isn't a skill problem it's not even an it's not an iq problem the problem with her is she's not a finisher she's not particularly physical and she's not particularly durable once she faces someone who puts some heat on her she is going to fold she does not take punishment very well she does not recover from punishment very well she just had two fighters who fought the dumbest fights ever and allowed her to exploit their mistakes that's not going to go on much longer the next person she fights is going to put when they do, the fight is going to end fairly quickly in their favor. Okay, the third fight, which uh, I, I I can't remember if it was at Strawweight or Flyweight, doesn't really matter. Uh, um, um, what the hell was her name? Gatto? The Brazilian. Yeah, Melissa Gatto beat uh, uh, Victoria Leonardo. The fight was stopped by the doctor after the second round uh, because of a broken arm. Uh, Melissa was winning anyway, so it really doesn't matter much. Um, Victoria Leonardo is probably one fight away from being Yeah, Melissa was just bullying her. She was physically stronger. She was pressuring her, and and Victoria just was wasn't comfortable with that. She was comfortable with the contact. She wasn't comfortable with the pace, and she didn't have anything to keep Gatto off her. So Gatto was basically um, dictating the pace of the. Uh, the exchanges and kind of think. All right, let's move on. For we're going to start with tonight. We have a PFL show, and the main event of this show is Kayla Harrison 
versus uh, Gina Fabian. Now, I just wanted to mention that this show, you can watch it if you're in the U.S. on ESPN Plus, and in Canada, it'll be on TSN tonight at 9 p.m., okay? So, I mean, I expect Kayla to win this fight. Gina Fabian, I haven't seen her fight before. She is uh, reminds me <laughs> of Megan Anderson, okay, because she's an Aussie, trains at City Kickboxing. Apparently, her cousin is Eugene Berman, okay? So, she's a big girl, but what she primarily is, like Megan Anderson, is a kickboxer. And so, what's she going to be like when Kayla Harrison takes her down? Well, this is the issue I've said about this because I've told people before, I think Holly Holm could stop Kayla Harrison. Kayla Harrison, her thing is the clinch and the takedowns, but she has the same issue that Holly, that Ronda Rousey has. When she's facing girls and she pressures them, they back up in straight lines. They allow her to clinch. They throw these punches. They throw as hard as they can. think they're going to knock her out when most of these girls aren't knockout punchers. If you're a striker, what you want to do against Kayla Harrison is you want to get on the back foot immediately. Have her try to track you the jabs, front kicks, leg kicks, and check hooks. That will work against Kayla Harrison. You just have to have the skill set to do it. I don't know if this girl does, but I know for one thing, she is going to be a better, she should be a better striker than Megan Anderson because she comes from a much better camp than Megan Anderson. Her camp mm. has, boxing has a better, to me, their concepts and their, their approach to it is much more specific. They pay attention to little details and idiosyncrasies in their fights, their issue with some wait, of their wait, fighters. Wait, can, can, I, can, I, can I ask you a question? Yes. My question is this. Is she the only woman training there? Well, it's a good question. You know why? Because sometimes there are some camps that shouldn't have female fighters. Training. Possibly. But my, my ultimate, my underlying issue with Kayla Harrison is this. She's physically dominant. All these people, she's got a much deeper combat resume than most people. And everybody she's fought, the girls who are strikers are only strikers in the fact that they are mid-level girls who get by. That's not going to work against a superior grappler who can take you down and throw you. What could work, well. if, what could work is if you're a fighter who can stay on your toes, faint, saying you're going to win, but you could present problems where she would have to work through some adversity. And I've never seen Kayla go through any adversity. I want to see what happens when she, when she tries to close this and someone hits her with Listen. a one-two and dances away. Listen, there won't be any adversity, okay? I'm, as long I'm, not, as she's saying, I'm not saying I'm not saying there will be. I'm saying there's a blueprint to use so that you can have some success against her. Betch Kohea did that to Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey didn't overcome adversity, but you saw the holes in Ronda's game when someone didn't meet her where she wanted to be met. Ronda had poor footwork, wasn't able to pressure effectively, and was so-so in her striking offense. I think the same is true of Kayla Harrison. Everybody keeps telling me she's the best. I can't say that. I've never seen her have to work for a fight. She's been involved in aggravated assaults. She hasn't been in a fight yet. Yeah, well, if she leaves PFL, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not impressed with it, quite frankly. It'd be hard to be impressed. I'm I'm not impressed with her who she's who she's beaten. That means nothing to me. Yeah, the competition level is way too low. Okay, and it's not going to get any better because in the other fight that's on the main card, Larissa Pacheco was pulled because she missed weight. Oh, well, that's great. Okay, and so uh, she's been replaced by uh, what's her name? 
Beryl Marais, who's a, a PRVT fighter. Hmm. So, uh, you know, that's going to be on the main card, too. But it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's all about Caleb, right? Yep. Okay. So, let's uh, go on to Saturday's UFC show. And first of all, uh, there were supposed to be two women's fights on the show. Uh, Liana Jojua versus Courtney Casey was pulled because uh, Liana has visa problems. They're going to reschedule them from her visa. Okay. So the other fight on this show um, um, is um, uh, Bia Malecki versus uh, her last name is Nunez, but I can never remember her first name. Uh, it's. Um, Hold on a second. I can't remember her first name. Just a second. My computer froze on me. Bia Malecki versus. Where is it at? Josiana Nunez? Yeah, Josiana Nunez. Okay. Okay, so let's talk about the fighters a little bit first. First of all, this fight is at um, at uh, bantamweight, but I think both of them are, are really featherweights, okay? Because Bia is from Sweden. She was uh, in Tough 28, which was for featherweights, and now she's dropped to... Um, to bantamweight, like pretty much every fighter that was on that show has dropped to bantamweight. So the whole idea behind Tough 28, it was a complete failure because it did exactly the opposite of what it was supposed to do. And by the way, it was predictable because I did predict it, okay? I predicted the show would be a flop because they couldn't find enough fighters to be on the show. Okay, they had something like uh, 38 fighters show up to the uh, tryouts and they ended up, they didn't even have enough fighters, like they didn't have eight fighters they could put on the show. In fact, Bia Malecki was not at the tryouts. She was called after the tryouts. Okay. Yeah, that was kind of a cluster. So it was terrible. Now, uh, 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 this other fighter, uh, Josian Nunez, Okay, she was supposed to make her UFC debut a few months ago. I think it was supposed to be at featherweight. Her opponent, Zara Farron, uh, missed weight so badly that I think they, they canceled the fight, and I think they got rid of her too. Uh, so I haven't seen her. I don't know what she's like. Um, she's from Curitiba, uh, so she, you know, she, that's a good place to be from, I suppose. And so we'll just have to wait and see what she's like. Be a Malecki. Honestly, she's had so many injury problems since she's been in the UFC. I don't know what the hell she I don't know what the hell she's like. I haven't seen her enough to really determine how good she is or how bad she is or anything. Uh, I don't know what to tell you, Schwan. You got anything on this? Uh, I just I don't know much. I've only seen a little bit of her. I don't know what to really classify her. She's not good enough at anything where I would classify her as a striker, grappler, wrestler. She's like just a, a MMA fighter who doesn't seem to have a lot of standout out. Well, I, I, I think part of the problem with Bia is that when she uh, was brought into Tough 28, she had exactly zero pro fights. She has had a couple of amateur fights. This this brings right back to the point I made. I make almost every episode we're on here. A lot of these women who are in mixed martial arts are being done by people who they pay and trust to train and prepare them. They're putting them into situations they're not ready for. They're not developing their skills so they can get better or they can even compete at a, at a functional level. 
these people just want to say that they have a UFC fighter and these girls go and put on bad fights that hurts their reputations or they get the hell beat out of them and suffer physical hurt their career and their personal life because they weren't trained appropriately. And this seems to be a case, once again, of two un- unevenly matched fighters being thrown on a UFC card. Um, and regards to who wins, I don't know that either one makes a big enough statement or has shown enough skill set to where you can even consider them p- potential champions or future contenders. Well, to be fair, we haven't seen Josiane yet. So, I'm, I'm not, I, and you, that's fair, but it's like there just seems to be, there tends to be this trend with girls we haven't seen when they get put on these cards, and it's not a good one. Well, we'll just, when, have, we'll just have to. When, when's the last time you've had a girl you've never seen come out and just really blow your mind? You're like, uh, Amanda Lemos. How long ago was that? Whew. Last year. Okay, that's fair enough. I, there's lots of male fighters I've never heard of, and I've seen them, and I'm like, that guy's better than I thought it was. That guy has something. A lot of the female fighters I haven't heard of or I haven't seen a lot of, when I see them, I'm like, even if they're good, they're not somebody I, I think has the faintest chance of becoming a contender. I'm not saying they won't be, but usually when I'm on Invicta cards and UFC cards and Bellator cards, it's, it's, never, it's not really good. And, and I hope it is better than I expect. But my expectations. Now, you, look, you know, you know how it is, Schwan. They have to fill up the card. Yeah. Okay, so that's what we're talking about here. So this fight, I think, is going to be on the uh, early prelims, which in Canada are on UFC Fight Pass. In the U.S., they're on ESPN Plus. Uh, and also on Saturday is SummerSlam. So, but this won't conflict. SummerSlam starts long after this fight. Okay. Now, anything else uh, you want to talk about? Shwan, um, uh, I just wanted to mention that um, uh, my uh, my buddy Charlie uh, mentioned today that he had talked to uh, uh, Mizuki, and she apparently is in uh, rehab for her knee, and she's going to move back to New York. Says she's going to live with her brother. <laughs> okay, so she's going to move back to New York and train at um, uh, Sarah Longo. I, I, you know, I've always, I've had a question. Maybe you can ask your friend about this later on. How did, because I've seen people go to camps and I'm like, why are you going to this camp? Like outside of you feeling comfortable and blah, blah, blah. What is the legitimate reason you were going? What's the technical hole you have that you feel they're going to address? Or what have you seen in their other fighters that says you need to go here? Because as a person who's worked with fighters, certain fighters get sent because they're like, oh, there's some areas that you can improve. Even when I work with basketball players, there's some areas you can improve. Are they going there just because of name, quality of sparring, or do they really feel that person can make them better? Not just give them better sparring, but make them actually better. Who are you talking about? Uh, um, Suzuki going to – isn't she going to Longo? She's been there since she's come to the U.S. Well, why – do you know why she chose her? I don't know offhand, except I can only uh, – assume that she looked into several camps before she made up her mind or maybe she wanted to live in the northeast i don't know i'm just curious because you know i know some people move because they they like the neighborhood they like the environment they like the area and i'm like that's well, all well and good. listen you're talking about somebody who's coming all the way from japan so it's a little bit different well i i know i'm just i just asked that question to everybody because i i want to know what i'm looking for like somebody let's say somebody goes here and they're like i want to work on my striking awareness okay well, that's what you're working on. So when I see well, you fight, I, I mean, I mean, it, in, in her case, she's a pretty high level fighter to begin with. But there, there must be something she wants to work. 
sparring? Is that what she's really after? I couldn't really tell you offhand, but I could surely ask you. Okay, I'm just asking. All right, so because I don't really know, okay? I can only assume she looked at a couple of different camps because, you know, you never know. When someone's coming over from Japan, maybe they have family in the area. I don't know. Okay, fair enough. You know. Uh, other than that, I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about, or is that about it? That's it, sir. All right. Anyway, that's about it, guys. Again, don't forget to check out my blog at frankb316.blogspot.com and my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. If you have any questions or comments for my blog or either of my podcasts, you can leave them in Andrew's voicemail. And if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later. Thank <laughs> you.